All right, all right, welcome, welcome, welcome. Man, we are so, so glad that you're here. And we're not going to put you on the spot or anything, but I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, our desire is that, number one, you will meet Jesus. If you haven't met Jesus yet, we're Jesus people. We want you to meet Jesus. And then number two, we would love it if you would make the decision to make Downey First Christian Church your church home. And we promise we're going to make you feel right at home. That's our, our commitment to you. But also, for those of you who've been coming to church for a while, we have to remember that we're Christ ambassadors. And so uh, we are called to uh, invite people to church as we interact with them during the week. Just invite them to church. What's the worst thing that could happen? They say no, right? That is the very, well, it could be worse. I told you a story once of something that was worse. But, but literally, it's not very likely that it's going to be ter a terrible situation that you're going to go through. So I encourage you to invite people uh, to church, and we're going to make them feel welcome and everything. So anyway, I want to mention uh, just a few things before we get started with the message. Number one is uh, on April 12th, we have um, our Easter Sunday, and it's a great opportunity for you to invite your friends and family and all that kind of stuff. But also, that Sunday is going to be a baptism Sunday. So if you've considered getting baptized, or if there's someone uh, in the people that you interact with that wants to get baptized, just write it on your connection card, and we're going to walk you through the whole process, and we're going to make a big celebration that Sunday of all the people that are going to get baptized. We already have some people in the pipeline, and so we're super excited about that, and I'm excited about a lot of things, but this is especially a big one for me. So anyway, we're starting a brand new, um, a brand new series this, this Sunday, today, and it's called First Love. First Love. And the tagline is Recapturing the Magic. And I want to set it up like this. How many of you here uh, are married? How many have been married for more than five years? How many have been married for more than 10? More than 20? More than 30? 40? Okay. 45? 50? 50 back there. All right. Okay, so let me, let me explain. Let me explain why we clap. Because for those of us who are married, we understand that marriage is hard. And you have to work at it. And you have to make it work. And I'll be honest with you. My wife and I, we've been married for 17 years. And we're in a great season right now. But it hasn't always been great. It's either been great, it's been regular, or it's been actually pretty bad. And the reason why we're in a good spot right now isn't just because whatever, it's because we actually had to work on it. We had to address some issues in our relationship. I had to change some things about me. My wife had to, she didn't have to change anything, she's perfect. But let's just say she had to change some things. Let's just say. And so we're at the stage that we're at now in our relationship, which is probably the best it's ever been. Because there are certain things that we addressed, and we changed, and we made better. And so the reason why I bring that up is because today we're going to talk about this whole idea of our relationship with God. And I want to bring you to a scripture, and this is Revelation 2.4. And this is God talking to, to a church, and this church, they had a lot of things that were great. A lot of things that were good about them. Like they were, you know, it was a good church. But there, there was one thing that God said to this church. It says this, nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. And so what I want to do in this series, and, and, and I'm begging God to help us see this, is that what I do when I'm doing marriage counseling is sometimes I try to bring them back to their first love. Like they're having some issues, I bring them back to their first love in the sense of, what was it that you liked about this person? 
What are some stories that you guys have at the beginning of your relationship? And so it brings up hope, and they remember what it used to be like. And it's like, man, we have all these things in common, and there's other reasons why we love each other. So I think the same thing can be true in our relationship with God. Because I think some of you will look back in your relationship with God, and you're like, man, I remember when I was on fire for God. I remember when I would just pray all the time. I would worship. God was so real to me. I would hear his voice. I would interact. I was so happy in my relationship with God. And maybe some time has gone by now, and you realize that things have changed. Things are different. You look back at those times with nostalgia, and you wish that was true now. Now, maybe you're here and you have never actually felt that with God. Like it's always been sort of like, yeah, I believe, but I've never been on fire for God. So my prayer is that the result of this message will be that all of us will rekindle our love for God. You guys ready for this? Because I really, I, man, I just, I'm just praying for this in my own life and for all of us. So I'm going to set it up with three verses. I mean, three scriptures. Number one. Uh, is Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And this is the moment when Jesus was teaching and they were bringing children to Jesus. And Jesus was like, you know, uh, you know what? Just bring the children, but don't not bring them to me because I want to interact with them. So he says this. It says, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And then we have Matthew 18, 3 that says this. It says, Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And then number three, Luke 18, 17 says this. It says, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So here's what I want us to do today. I want us to talk about the whole idea of child like faith. Childlike faith. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for the, the moments that we share this morning, Lord. Thank you because uh, we believe that you are here, that you are here. And it's not just a concept in our brains, but we believe that your presence is in this room right now. And we welcome you. We welcome you, God. We open our hearts to you and we receive what it is that you have for us, God. I pray that everything that we've been thinking about during the week or the things that we have to do after the service, I pray that we'll just take these few moments and just let it all go, relax, think about what you have for us this morning and that we will receive it. I pray this in Jesus' name. We pray and all God's people said, amen, amen. Quick question. Have you ever waited for something in vain? You just wait and you just waited in vain, like for a phone call or an email or something to happen, and it was just like, why did I even wait? It never happened. I was, uh, I was boiling eggs once, hard-boiled eggs, and I put the water on and put the eggs inside, and then I, I left and came back, and I'm like, these eggs aren't boiling, and I realized that I hadn't put the, I hadn't put the flame there, waiting in vain. Another moment when I was waiting in vain was, was at Disneyland. We were at the, um, the Peter Pan ride. With our family. You guys love it or hate it? Oh, the Peter Pan ride is the best. I don't understand what it is about the Peter Pan ride, but literally everyone loves it, and I'm not sure why. I don't know why. I think it might have to do with the tradition because I think it was there from the beginning. But so we're waiting in line, 
And I, I kid you not, I felt like it was three hours. And so we're waiting, and then, you know, like an hour went by, and they're like, hey, we're shutting down, you know, the ride. We don't know when it's going to come back. You can either leave or just wait in line. So we waited in line. This same thing happened about three times. We come to the end of the line, and there's two people in front of us, and they're like, hey, we're sorry, but we're shutting the whole thing down for the day. Okay, I know. There's worse things in life, but I was pretty indignant. But, but the truth is, is sometimes in life we wait in vain. And so the reason why I'm sharing that with you guys today is because when we talk about rekindling our relationship with God, I don't want us to be mistaken into thinking that what we are going to do is, for, is wait for God to do something in our life. This whole series is about things in our life that we have changed for these things to happen in our own life. Because Let's face it, God has done a lot. God has done a lot. Like he, like, like he sent his son into the world. He put on flesh and, and bone. He lived a perfect life. And then he, he died uh, on the cross and then rose from the dead on the third day. And he gave us salvation. Like the ball's in our court. So it's our turn. So this whole series is not about waiting for God to do something for us, but it's to discover that perhaps there is something in our lives that we need to change. Because God's love for us has not changed. God's passion for us has not changed. His, pursu his pursuing of us has not changed. Uh, Hebrews 13, 8 says this very clearly. It talks about the, the never-changing God. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God hasn't changed. So perhaps I want to propose that there is something in our life that we are called to change so we can rekindle our relationship with God. And what I want us to think about today is that maybe what we have lost and want to regain is this childlike faith. I'm not saying that we've lost our faith. I'm saying that it is possible that we have lost our childlike faith. And so we're going to discover that these two things are actually pretty different. And let me, let me set it up like this. Have you ever done something childish? Oh, come on. I'm sure, I'm sure you have. Like I saw the other day, I was just messing around. I, I, I was using a broom as a guitar. I'm like, how old are you, dude? And when my wife and I were just married, you know, we would fight, you know, and then I was mad at her, and I just wouldn't talk. She wouldn't talk to me. I wouldn't talk to her. And, like, we spend the whole day just kind of, like, avoiding each other. I'm like, come on. That's really childish. You know, I think we've all done stuff like that that are childish. And I sort of justify it in my mind because the Bible says that we have to be like children. So just be childish, right? The Bible says it. It's not talking about that because there's a difference between being childish and being childlike. It's very different. And that's what I want us to talk about today. So, so the question that I want us to ask ourselves is, what is it about a childlike faith, faith that is so essential for us to recapture the magic of our relationship with God? What is it? What is it about a, the childlike faith that will ignite our relationship with God again? Think about it. About children. What is it about children? Now, I grew up in, in South America, and uh, our tradition with, with um, Christmas is different than than here. So I know Christmas here is, is um, on the 25th, and in, in South America, at least in Chile, we celebrated it the night. So, so Santa Claus shows up at 12, 
at 12 at night. Like he shows up at midnight. And so there's this tradition to where, you know, as children, we would take our children out and you kind of walk around the block waiting for Santa. And then all the parents were kind of in on the whole thing. So you would interact with other parents that were with their kids doing the same thing. And you just say things like, hey, have you seen Santa? Yeah, I think I saw him back behind the bushes. Or like, yeah, I think I saw him, you know, coming out of a chimney. And then everyone was sort of in on this. But then there comes a moment when you kind of grow out of it, right? And you're like, eh, you know? Or I used to think that my dad was like the strongest person ever. Like my dad could beat up any dad. I was sure. But then as I grew up, I'm like, I don't know if he's that strong or not. I'm not sure. You know, because you grow up and you realize you see things differently. So when we think about our relationship with God, it's, 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 it's very similar in the sense that, that we maybe look back at our childlike faith with God to where we believe that anything was possible. And you think about that and you're like, man, you were like thinking about your relationship with God and you were praying all the time and you had hunger for the Bible and the worship and all these things that were in your life, but something happened in time where you sort of lose your edge and your fervency. You know, you still come to church, but it's not like before. What happened? What happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. You grew up. I grew up. And so your childlike faith, my childlike faith turned into just regular faith. So, so it's not that, that we don't believe. I mean, we, we, we believe. Like, we still believe Jesus is Lord and that he rose from the dead. And we'll, we still believe that the Bible is true. But the childlike faith, that, that whole idea of, I know that anything is possible. I know that God can do anything. I know it. Like, I don't just, yeah, it's, he could do anything. I know that. No, it's like, I know it. Like, I'm expecting for him to do something. That's childlike faith. And so the question that I wanted to ask ourselves today is, is what happened to that? And so I want to bring you to a, to a prayer. And this is the Apostle Paul, and he's praying for the church in Ephesus. And let's go to Ephesians chapter, chapter 3 and just listen to this prayer. Listen to this prayer. And what does this prayer do for you? So it says, it says this, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, let's continue, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And he continues saying, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So my question is, where is that faith? Like, I want it back. That faith where I believe that anything is possible. That, that I believe in a God who can do immeasurably more than I can ask or imagine. So, so I'm asking for something, and I'm like, okay, I'm asking for this, and I'm saying he could do that, but the, the, he's saying in this prayer that he can do even more than that, and even more than I can imagine, like I could imagine God blessing me, but he can do more than I can ask, and he can do more than I can even imagine. That's the faith that I want back. And then there's this other moment in the life of Jesus where this dad is bringing uh, a, a, his son who is, who is possessed by a demon, and I love Jesus' reaction to this. It says this in Mark chapter 9. It says, this is the dad coming to Jesus. He says, it has often thrown him, the, the, the demon has thrown him 
uh, into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. This is a desperate man. And then Jesus is almost offended. He's like, if you can. I mean, it's like, he's like saying, what is all this if talk? And then he answers saying, everything is possible for one who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. So maybe you're here and you want to believe. Like you believe all these things, but it's in your head. And you need it to come into your heart. And you need help to overcome your disbelief. So where's that faith where everything is possible? I want it back. Because it comes and goes. Mark eleven twenty three says this also. This is Jesus talking. He says, truly I tell you, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. I want that faith back. Where is that faith? Having childlike faith is, is truly believing that this is also true today. Believing that that mountain can move. Believing it. Knowing it. That it can move. I don't know what your mountain is today. I don't know what it is that you're facing. Maybe there's a family member that's sick. And you're like, that's too big of a mountain. That's not going to happen. Your finances. Your, your finances are completely broken. That's too big of a mountain. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I mean, yeah, I guess he could. But I don't like. It seems impossible. Relationships. Purpose in your life. Hope. Maybe you're, you're depressed or you have an addiction. And that seems like it's a mountain that is just way too big for God to move. I hope we can rekindle that faith. That childlike faith that believes that God can still do what he promised to do. What happened to that? What happened to it? I'm asking myself that question. And I'm asking you that question. What happened? Well, here's what happened. We are called to have childlike faith, and we lost our childlike faith. How did this happen? Well, what is one of the characteristics of a, of, a, of a child? What is it? One of the things that was interesting to me as I was thinking about it is, a, is a, what defines being a child is the fact that you're growing. And once you've grown up, you've stopped growing. So I'll ask you this, this question. Are you growing? And honestly, when I ask this question, I'm not talking about more knowledge about the Bible. No, no, not more information about God, which is helpful if you put it into practice. My question is, are you growing in your faith? Are you growing in your faith? An essential ingredient to growth in your faith is that you're challenging your faith. Are you challenging your faith? Like if we're talking about like a muscle in the body, for a muscle to grow, it's not just going to grow on its own. You have to challenge the muscle. You have to stress the muscle. And then it's going to grow. Now, if you don't do anything, it's going to still work. But it's not going not to work at its full potential. The same is true in our faith. Are we challenging our faith? Are we stepping out in faith? Because that is the essential ingredient to rekindle our relationship with God. Because we're leaving, we have to leave a space for God to be able to show up in our lives. And to do that, we have to step out in faith. It's so important. So let me ask you this. And I'm asking, I promise you I'm asking myself the same question. When was the last time you challenged your faith? When was the last time you put your life in, you put yourself in a position to where like, hey, if God doesn't come through, like, I'm toast. 
How long has it been since you've been in that situation? Now, just to clarify, I'm not advocating recklessness. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that I'm advocating childlike faith in the sense that you put yourself in a position to where in your testimony, in your story, you can say, and then God showed up. So I did this and I did that, and I wasn't sure, and then God showed up. Hey, if you want to rekindle your relationship with God, you put yourself in that position over and over and over again. And guess what? Your relationship with God is going to be on fire. And you're going to have testimony after testimony. And in your, in your vocabulary, over and over again, you're going to say, and then God showed up. And I wasn't sure. And then I did this. I felt like God was calling me to this. And then God showed up. So let me ask you this. When was the last time that you were able to say that? You see, it's not about God doing something and then like, okay, God, and then you go and do that. You take a step and you create that space to where God shows up in your life. I heard someone explain it like this once. It was this whole idea of living your life with one foot in the known and then one foot in the unknown. So I'm not advocating recklessness because both, both, both feet in the unknown, that was my microphone, both feet, both feet in, the, in the unknown is recklessness. I'm not asking you to do both feet in the unknown. And I'm not asking you to put both feet in the known because you can't grow with both feet in the known. I'm asking you to do this, to step out. And then you leave a space for God to show up. Are we doing that? Are we living that way? I want to put myself constantly in that, in that position. And let me give you an example. So we're doing an Ecuador trip in June. I'm super excited about it. I told you a little bit about it. There's a mission there that we've been working with for 15 years, and they have this, um, this project of planting 100 churches in 30 years, which is super exciting to me. And so we're going this year in June. I'm going with my son, and some of you are going with us. And I've been talking to a few of you, and there's a lot of interest, but also there's a lot of excuses. And now the reason why I'm saying that is because I'll, I'll talk to you, and you'll say things like, like well, I don't have the money which is understandable. I have trouble in, in my scheduling, and I understand, and there's this or that, and I totally get it. But let me ask you this. Do you think that it is possible that God may be calling you to go to Ecuador? And if that's you, you may, it might be easier to just keep both feet in the known. Like, yeah, it's going to be difficult, so I'm not sure. Here's what I'm asking you to do. We have a meeting right after this church service in the cafe. All I'm asking you to do is to take that step from the known into the unknown. Like, I don't know what's going to happen here because when you do that, you're leaving this space for God to show up. So here are the, here are the stories that I want to hear. I didn't have any money. And then I took a step and then God showed up. I didn't have time to go to this, to this thing because my scheduling wasn't going to work out. And then I took a step. I just, I went to a meeting. I took an application and I believe that, that maybe God was calling me. And then God showed up. So here's what I want to hear over and over and over, not just for this missions trip, but in your life. Over and over again, will you step out and you say, okay, I don't know what's going to happen. I think God has called me to this. I'm not sure. And I wasn't sure what's going to happen. And then God showed up. This is how I want to live my life. This is how I believe we're all called to live our lives in our Christian walk. I've told you a story about my best friend, my best friend Jorge in, in Chile. So long story short, we went to high school together. He's my best friend. And then after high school, we went into college and we did a whole bunch of things together. Like he was my wingman and all the stupid things that we did in life, which God, thank God, some of you guys know my story. He protected me from a lot of it. I got my life back together 
you know, rekindled my relationship with God and to this point now. So he did not. Like he continued living the life that we were living together before. And I would always believe that God was going to touch his life. And I wasn't a jerk about it because we we're still friends. Like we still talk. And I would say, hey, man, you know what you need? Because he would always come up with different situations in his life to where I don't know what to do. I'm like, dude, you have to get your life back together. You have to turn back to God. You have to go to church. And this was like, I don't know, 15 years or so. So anyway, a year ago, he sends me a picture. And he's inside a church service. And I thought he was joking with me. Like, I thought he was just going to, like, mock me. You know, because if you know him, that's the kind of thing that he would do. He's like, I'm in church. I'm like, dude, you're not in church. I'm like, maybe you went into church and you just took a picture of yourself in church. But it turns out that it was true. He joined a church. And then I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen now. And then he sends me this video. This, I, I lost it when I saw this video. It was his son, because they'd been going to church for a while. It was his son praying for his food. His like four-year-old son, I think it is, was praying for his food. And I'm like, great. And then time went by. And then he shows me a video of his baptism. This was like six months ago. And I couldn't believe it. And the next thing he showed this was like two weeks ago. He's playing guitar in the worship band. And I'm so amazed. And then he, we, we had a conversation last week. He's like, you know what? I'm considering going into the ministry. Now, if you think about this, and you know this guy, and you know our story, you're like, there is no way that that guy is doing what he's doing now. But I never stopped believing. It seemed impossible. And I'm like, I'm just going to keep going and going and going and going and, and inviting him and believing and believing and believing. Like, I had no guarantee this was going to happen, but it did. And so in his walk with God, God is always asking him to take a next step. And that was, it was hard for me to believe because I thought that at some point he was going to walk away from the church. Like something was going to happen and he was going to walk away. And that's my fear. And it's still my fear. And it's my fear for all of us in the sense that God is always challenging us to take the next step. And so my question is, what happened along the way for us? Why, why isn't our relationship necessary? And I don't know all of you. Maybe some of you here are on fire for God, and that's so great. But what happened along the way as we were taking steps, as God was challenging us, that our passion diminished? We drew back to safety, where we still have faith, we still believe, but we don't have childlike faith in our life. I don't know what happened. Maybe you got discouraged. Maybe, maybe something disappointed you. And I understand maybe someone disappointed you. Maybe, maybe there, there was an unanswered prayer in your life or you were expecting for God to do something that didn't turn out the, the way you thought it would. And that life, that childlike faith just turned into faith, which is not bad. But I don't think we're, we're called to live this way. I think we're called to take some risks and to see God move in our lives. It's possible that you're here and you've lost your first love. So today what I want us to do is, as we start this series, is, the, is that we will get it back. That we will get that, that first love back. So this is how we rekindle our relationship with God. We are called to have childlike faith. And we achieve this by being in a constant state of growth. Which means, is, which means that we're always putting ourselves in that position where I need God to come through in this situation. And we grow when we live with one foot in the known and one foot in the unknown, which means always leaving a space for us to be able to say, and then God showed up. So I'm going to end with this. I honestly believe with all of my heart that God has so much more for you 
I honestly believe that God has so much more for me. Like there's more to this life. I believe that for your marriage, if you're going through a marriage situation right now where you're struggling, if there's a relational issue, if you're having trouble in your finances, if you're trying to find purpose, if you're trying to find fulfillment, if you've lost hope, I truly believe this. You see, because all things are possible for those who believe. And so honestly, I've decided this week that I'm going to put myself constantly in a position to where I can say, and then God came through. I'm praying, I'm believing, I'm stepping out in faith. Like when I pray, I'm just praying for healing. When I pray, I'm just praying for revival in this church. I'm praying for it and I believe it. Like I can see it. Call me crazy, but I see a revival in this church. I do. I believe God is going to do it. I refuse to just have faith. I'm praying for miracles too. I'm praying for it. Why not? Why not? I'm going to do my part. In fact, there's a person that comes to church here every Sunday and she is a victim of abuse. I believe with every fiber of my being that she's going to be released from that. I believe it and I'm praying for it and I'm believing it. There's a person that comes to church every Sunday and he cannot kick his drug addiction to methamphetamines. He can't kick it. He's working on it. And I truly believe with all of my heart that he's going to be free from that. I do. I believe it. There's a person here also that, that, that she's feeling the weight of the death of someone in her life and she feels like it's her fault. I believe that God is going to release her. What's the alternative? Like, I can't tell God what to do. I can't. I don't have that power. But I do have the power in my life to be able to say I'm going to believe it with every fiber of my being. That's who I'm, I'm called to be. That's who I believe you need to be. I want to have childlike faith. What's the alternative? Soft prayers? Half faith? No. I don't want that. I want to see God moving. I want to see God do something amazing. That's the God we serve. Not just faith. Faith is great. We believe the right things. We say the right things. Do you understand this? Do I understand this? That God, the creator of the universe is here right now and he loves you and he wants to move in your life I believe it in the situation that you're living right now I believe maybe you're here and you need, you need breakthrough in your life and your finances, relationships and so here's what I want to ask you to do is I want, I want to ask you to make room for God to come through in your life this is what it means to have childlike faith. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. We're just going to close our eyes. And just, if you could just bow your head and close your eyes. And nobody, nobody looking around. And this is a moment for you. It's a moment for you. Because maybe you're here. And you, would, you will admit that you've lost your first love. Like you still have faith. But you no longer have faith like a child. Something has happened in your life. Maybe you're disappointed with the church. Maybe you're disappointed with a certain situation that you're going through. Maybe there's a, a, a prayer in your life that went unanswered. Maybe there's a death of a loved one that you feel like it's unfair. Maybe you're, you've never really been on fire for God. And you want to see God move. Maybe you just believe, but that's it. You don't have childlike faith and you want that. 
And you want to leave a space in your life where you can say over and over again, and then God showed up. Because if you want a revival in your life, you have to put yourself in those positions. Now, I'm not talking about reckless faith. I'm talking about living with one foot in the known and another foot in the unknown so you can see God move in your life. So if this is you and you need help in this area, I just want to, I want to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Just raise your hand right now. I'll pray for you. Amen. 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 God bless all the hands that were raised. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, thank you because you are here. Thank you, Lord, because you, you call us to have childlike faith. Faith that believes. Like, I understand, Lord. I understand that we cannot tell you what to do. You are God. However, I pray, Lord, that, that you will help us understand this morning that anything is possible for those who believe. And I want to pray for those who raise their hands because I feel like they probably have this huge mountain that seems impossible for it to move. So I want to leave space this morning as I pray for each of those hands that were raised in the situation that they're living right now. I'm going to take a leap of faith and pray for resolution in what it is that they're going through. I pray for this right now, Lord, that you'll step into their lives, that you will show up in their lives and do a miracle. I pray, Lord God, that you will help us understand, all of us here, that we're called to, to walk in faith, not just in head knowledge of the things that we believe about you, which is great and is so important, but that we will actually believe that you are who you say you are and that you will do what you say you will do. And I pray for this, God. I pray for this. And I thank you for this moment that we share. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.